It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Dumb's Hit Music Station, F104, Louise, with you until one o'clock. I'm now joined by Sir Steve Timothy. Hello, how are you? Hello, hello, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me on. So you sent me in your new single, No Chorus. Yeah. So tell uh, me about it. Uh, it's just basically a, a kind of a, like, it's the nearest thing I'd get to a, like a heartbreak song. Yeah. And I was kind of, uh, it was very personal to me and it was kind of like a song for like closing out an old chapter of my life and moving on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was tough enough to write, but I just wanted to get it done for myself. It was like my own therapy. Yeah. And I was delighted then when it got to number two in the Irish iTunes chart, but I was very disappointed because Olivia Rodrigo, with her driving license on, got to number one. And I had to release it on the week that that girl broke all known streaming records. She broke everything. (laughs) Yeah, so I wasn't going to beat her. Because, like, my first single got to number one, so... I was delighted with that, but yeah. yeah. I knocked Lady Gaga off the Irish iTunes chart for about 30 seconds. That's pretty cool. So I just, look, I was there to screenshot that my single was number one. <laughs> That's all I cared about. So, and <laughs> so, it's, it's it's quite an achievement, like, to make a song in my room. Yeah. You know what I mean? And have it go number one in the iTunes chart. So that kind of, that kept me going. And I suppose with lockdown and everything, most music is being done in bedrooms at the moment, but yeah, was your yeah. music always done in the bedroom? Yeah, mm. yeah. And do you enjoy so doing it like that? Uh, yeah, because you've the privacy, you've no pressure yeah. on you. Yeah, that's and so You're true. not used to doing music as well, and you're not used to singing or like rapping in public, like which I wouldn't even do to my girlfriend, never mind to like <laughs> some strange sound technician or sound engineer. You know what I mean? It's yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. you have the freedom to do it here on your own. Because obviously most people would know you for your sketches, so Farmer Michael. Yeah, yeah, I'm typecast for life. I'm never getting out of that now. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's good fun. Ah, yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, look, it's opened up a lot of doors to things that I wouldn't have been able to get out there without him. So, yeah. Where did he come from, though? Where did you manifest him from? I always kind of, like, when I was younger, like, as a young little messer in school you've mm-hmm. always done accents and voices and stuff and I've always done a farmer character and a few other characters and just one night I was sitting in the air square with my brother and we were sitting in the car and I was just bored and I just said Ronan try on your phone there record me doing a few little skits mm-hmm. so we done them and they were on my phone for a while and then I thought one day I'm just going to throw them up on Facebook and yeah 
that was that was it. I bet you'd that no was... idea what was coming next. Really. Oh God, no! God, no! Let like nothing, nothing the wildest imagination. Like, because mm. I was always told like it'll never take off, and then I was told it'll never, it'll only be a Western Ireland thing. No one'll see it outside Galway or whatever. And then I was told it, no, I just think the Irish thing. No one'll care. And then like now, my biggest group of followers are the UK and the US. So like, they just. Yeah, it was just kind of surpassed. Like, I didn't have any goals for it. Yeah. I just thought it'd be a bit of crack and a bit of fun, you know. So. <laughs> you tend to be kind of controversial, or he tends to be quite controversial. Was that the plan from the beginning, or...? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Like, the character is meant to be horribly a human being. Okay. Like, he's every ick you could possibly be. Like, he's homophobic. You know, he's just a horrible human being. But, like, obviously, the straight man role of Kathleen corrects that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Michael, obviously, uses, like, some of them are just toilet humour, obviously. But <laughs> in some of them, like, he uses, like, well, I do, I'd use satire to get the, uh, very po- message, very kind of poignant message across yeah. or a very, you know, moralistic standpoint. Yeah, to tackle like, these I always, like, yeah. Like, I could have went, always went down the the safe route and I'd probably have more followers and I'd probably be more accepted mm. if that's the right word but like if you have a platform I believe it's a moral imperative on you to use it to like you know I don't know anyone that makes comedy videos in Ireland that have tackled race head on uh, gay rights women's rights abortion it, they run from it yeah so it's always pints and GA or you know very kind of things like that and I was like nah yeah. Sorry, Chris. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it comes along with Farmer Michael, to be fair, I think, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you get into that mindset, when you're talking about him, even like you start to, you start to swear subconsciously, uncontrollably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you moved into stand-up as well. Yeah, it kind of accidentally happened. I was invited down to some stand-up show mm. for charity. I forget where it was now, but it was in the country someplace in Galway yeah. and my friend who would later become my support uh, Johnny Graham he basically said you're you're doing the best and I was like no no and he goes you're doing it because I'm going announcing you <laughs> so I went out on the stage and I'd done a bit and my god like my panic was at a level I hadn't experienced in a long time but I managed to do it and then we kind of said, you know, people were messaging the page going, would you do this live? Mm. I was like, absolutely not. Get away from me. <laughs> but yeah, it ended up kind of, you know, it ended up within a year we were in Vicker Street and it was like, what wow. the Wow. Because Vicker know, Street's so, um, amazing. It's such yeah, a great and then, venue. Like, then later, then we were selling out like five shows in a row in like St. George's Hall in Liverpool and doing double shows in London, Manchester, Nottingham. Like, it's just kind of insane. Like, did it get easier? Uh, no, I still mm. say the level of panic is always the same before before a gig. Mm. But the, I, I think a little bit of that is good, though, isn't it? It's like adrenaline or something. Oh yeah, a little yeah, a little nervousness. Nervousness is a good thing. Yeah, panic is not a good thing. But that that <laughs> that's you literally true. think you're gonna die and you're contemplating ringing nine 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 while you're sitting in the car and all the rest of them are up in the green room. That's when it becomes an issue. Yes, you know what I mean? That's not but good. You just once you're on stage and ten seconds that kind of goes and once the show is finished and you know you make them laugh and you're meeting them afterwards and it's kinda you relax then. Yeah. 
But then you could have a show the next night, and you, you're you're telling yourself, Stephen, you've always done it. Mm-hmm. Nothing ever went bad, but your brain doesn't your brain doesn't accept that. And you've spoken about your anxiety quite a bit, and we've heard quite a bit about it in the past week. And so, is it important yeah. for you to discuss it and and kind of bring it like kind of tell people, look, it happens to me too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. Like if you can normalize something, it's not as bad. Mm-hmm. And it, it, if someone sees me and thinks like it's, a lot of people don't really know the person behind the character, they just see the character and they go. And even if they find out, they go like, "But you always come across so confidently." And I'm like, "Do I? Well, if I do, it's a, it's it's twenty odd years of masterfully hiding it." Mm-hmm. You know, you learn these techniques. Like, it, it's such a weird thing to have to say that, like, most of my life, and especially when I was in college, like, you'd be sitting there talking to someone, they'd be talking about the weather, and I'd be, the only thing I'd be thinking of is trying to ring an ambulance without creating a scene that I'm literally going to die. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, it's really hard to explain to someone what that feeling is like if you've never suffered it. Yeah. To be trying to control your breathing and to try and say, oh, yes, it is a lovely day. Mm. And this is these mundane, nonsensical conversations while you're literally dying inside. While your you brain know, is thinking something completely different altogether. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you're trying to use every bit of brain power to retain composure and not lose it. Yeah, so it is important to, to talk about it and to, to oh, put it out yeah. as normal that you aren't going, you know, yeah. there is ways back from this, you know. Yeah, because when I was diagnosed first, it was kind of, it was a weird kind of, it was an unheard of thing. It was just like, even my doctor said to me, yeah, just go down to the gym a bit more, or, you know, do something like that. It was never, you know, the gym will get rid of it. Mm-hmm. And people still say that today. Oh, if you're feeling a bit down, go to the gym or depression. You're like, yeah, if you're feeling down, if you're manic depressive, the gym's not going to help you one bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just as simple as that. Like, you need to take it a bit further. I don't further. like when people say those things. Yeah, yeah. That makes you feel better. Yeah. That's from your own personal perspective. You mightn't suffer from what me or other people suffer from. You might just get low moods. Mm. So you go to the gym, you know, it props you up, but it's not going to work for everyone. Yeah, it kind of symbolizes the whole situation. Yeah, and, really. it's just, yeah. and what if a person starts doing that and doesn't start to feel better? Mm-hmm. And then feel guilt then and blame themselves for not feeling better. I should be feeling better because this fella on... Instagram is telling me feel better mm. that I should so there's something else wrong with me and more worry more anxiety more depression and you're going to be shaving your head in March I am on Paddy's <laughs> day I'm going shaving my beautiful crop of <laughs> hair off and I'm I'm kind of like I'm too deep into it now to go back so <laughs> you're going to be the only off way your I could ever think about going back is to on the day whatever I've raised it'd be to double it myself and keep my hair Okay, would you do that? But no, because I can't afford it. <laughs> I haven't gigged since March the sixth, so that's well, out of the question. So, <laughs> so your hair is gone. So that's it. Yeah, you have to yeah. accept it now. <laughs> I just want to say as well a quick, uh, just about the music. Like, obviously, it's a kind of a hobby of mine, yeah. but I enjoy. Any time I ever make music, all the proceeds and not profits, all proceeds are always donated to charity as well. So, oh wow, that's really good. Oh, it's just something nice to do, isn't it? And I pick a charity kind of related to the topic of the song as well. Yeah. So the next one is about the church and I'm going to donate the money to one in four. Okay. It's the abuse, abuse uh, charity in Ireland. 
And when will you release new music? Like, have you kind of set a, a date for it? I don't really set a date, but I'd like okay. it to be out in April sometime. Okay. I haven't so, written, just haven't recorded, haven't a video shot yet or anything. So yeah. it's 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 hard to get an eight-year-old kid that's going to mime my lyrics while shouting at a priest in a confessional box. But we'll find one. We'll find one. <laughs> oh, jabers. Who knows what that's going to be like. Well, it's not, it's just, it's not really, it's just a, a kind of takedown of the denials and the cover-ups. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Okay. Well, I, I look forward to seeing that and hearing that. Thank you so much. And also, I heard very briefly that you're going to be writing an autobiography. Yeah, we were thinking about it for a while and I was mm. kind of always on about it. I remember even years ago before I started all this, I was thinking I wrote some bits down, but I lost that years ago. I had two or three chapters done of a kind of an autobiography or mm-hmm. just memoir and notes or something. But I suppose it became more more of a taste for it after, I suppose, I was on the Late Late Show and people actually heard my story for mm-hmm. for the first time because this is... That was a thing I had hidden most of my life. I couldn't. Hide, I tried to hide my injury at the beginning as well. I used to take the crutches out of the videos and stuff. I was so self-conscious of having an injury or people seeing my like skinny legs, and mm. it was such a thing. I was a, I hated being seen in the wheelchair and stuff like that. It was denial, I suppose. Yeah. But uh, so, and I hid the whole in, the crash as well and mm-hmm. the horrible things that happened with that. So I suppose. After the Late Late Show and the positive feedback and people were saying I was genuinely helping them and stuff, I don't know whether that's true or not, but there was calls for like me to write a book. So I was talking to my publisher and we kind of got, we had a Zoom call and kind of got it off the ground and we're just in the early planning stages yet, but it would be a good thing to do and it would be a good thing to do for me personally as well, just, yeah. you know. I was about to say it'd be nice to kind of get it all out into yeah, written yeah. word, like yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I suppose people will know where to find all your videos and that, but how can they follow you on social media? Uh, Sir Steve Timothy official on most things. Fantastic. Thank or you. Or just Google and I'll pop up somewhere, annoyingly <laughs> screaming at you. <laughs> From all those bits you're doing, so documentaries and sketches and stand up and music, you're covering everything at the moment. I'm trying, I'm trying, yeah. I suppose it's been a ba- it's been a mad week, like with the yeah. documentary and teacher care and the late late show and just the feedback and the amount of emails and messages I've got. It's just it's been overwhelming, really, like, and in a positive way. Yeah, was, which is good. You always get a bit of hate, but it it was outweighed a thousand to one, you know. So amazing, amazing. Thank you so much because I know you're busy. Thank you for taking the time to chat to me. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it a lot. Not at all. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. And if you're listening and you'd like to speak to somebody, you can text hello to 50808 or the Samaritans on 116-123. It's Sunday Night Live on FM 104. FM 104, Sunday Night Live with Louise Ty. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.